0: Mr. Curtis, if you would come
1: forward. I'd ask the court reporter to swear the witness. Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record?
2: My name is Clinton Eugene Curtis.
1: And what is your profession?
2: I'm a computer programmer.
1: Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in
2: October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I worked for in Oviedo, Florida that did just that. It would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 to whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win.
3: To whoever you wanted to win. On November 2nd, 2004, George Bush was not popular. He was in the middle of an unpopular war. I was watching the exit polls, and it looked very clear that John Kerry was gonna win. And then all of a sudden, the numbers that were coming in did not match up with what was coming in from the exit polls, and it didn't make any sense. It just didn't make any sense. Late in the evening, six states that exit polls showed were going to carry suddenly veered off to Bush. Ohio then became the tipping point of the entire national election. One guy who was reporting on the ground in Ohio from day one was attorney Bob Petrakis of the Columbus Free Press. Bob Petrakis and Cliff Arnebeck became the legal team suing for a recount in Ohio, taking on Ohio's Secretary of State, J. Kenneth Blackwell, who also happened to be co-chair for the Bush-Cheney campaign in Ohio.
4: But let me just remind you of a few of the facts. Uh, Ken Blackwell called it a model election. But we're trying to figure out, was he talking Mussolini's (laughs) first coup? There were tens of thousands of acts of irregularity.
3: In a single precinct in Ohio, a total of 638 ballots were cast on election day. Bush received over 4,000 of them. 24.93%
4: of all the voters in Cleveland were purged, a city that went 83% for Kerry. 7,000 voters lost their right to vote in the inner city of Toledo because the Diebold OptiScan machines froze up.
3: Warren County is the last county in Ohio to come in with their vote totals and they locked down the uh, place where they're counting the votes, and they won't allow any uh, witnesses in, won't allow any media in, and they say it's because of a Homeland Security threat, and yet the next day we check with Homeland Security, and they say, we never spoke to anyone in Ohio. Bob Vetrachis reported a troubling aspect about Ohio's 2004 election night results. The function of the Secretary of State's computer servers to report election results was moved during the night of the election from Ohio to servers in Chattanooga, Tennessee, they were owned by Smart Tech. Fetrakis reports that Smart Tech hosts a number of GOP websites, including the Republican National Committee and even Karl Rove's infamous White House email accounts, four years of which have gone completely missing.
4: The mythical surge in Delaware County in one precinct. The last 359 voters voted for George Bush. And they said, well, maybe a, a church bus showed up. Well, not everyone lives at the same address, unless you're a follower of David Koresh.
3: The Green Party and the Libertarian Party turned out to be huge heroes because they stepped up and said, we want a recount in Ohio. You guys, you know, were were presidential candidates, you could say, we want a recount. Well, you only got seven votes in Ohio. Don't
4: care. We (laughs) want a recount. Maybe I got 10. That's right. (laughs) That's what I want to know. John Kerry didn't fight. Where was he? Uh, Hiding out, being low key. I mean, one of his attorneys told me, well, he wants to remain viable in 2008.
3: Instead of remaining viable in 2004, when he Which actually he should have, have won if there right. was an investigation.
1: Congressman Conyers went to Ohio to make his report on what had gone wrong in the 04 presidential election. He's one of the most respected men in Congress. He's the Democratic leader of the Judiciary Committee. And they did a great job. What happened in Ohio simply was corruption on a very great scale, involving Mr. Blackwell, Secretary of State of Ohio. And the report was very well done, very legalistic in the best sense, constitutional. I wrote a preface to it. The New York Times refused to review it. The Washington Post did not review it. The Wall Street Journal, well, (laughs) well. And uh, of of the major papers, only the Boston Globe looked at it and then they didn't do much about it.
3: If you saw that George W. Bush, in fact, did not win Ohio and that John Kerry actually won Ohio, how would you feel about that? I would feel sick. Does anybody here think that John Kerry should become the president? You're in favor of George Bush being president, even if the other guy got the most votes.
5: I don't think he did, but yes. If that were the case, yeah. Wow,
3: that's not very American, sir.
6: (laughs) But I have yet to see any proof that anything was counted incorrectly.
3: I initially started my, my blog because the corporate mainstream media, frankly, was not doing their job. I was seeing things that needed to be reported and talked about. I talked about them, and uh, people started to take notice, including the mainstream media, Washington Post and so forth, who would link to me and report on what I was reporting, but wouldn't do it themselves, and still are not doing it themselves.
1: Will there be a realistic investigation of the 2004 election? Because at this point, the votes in Ohio have not been counted, not even once.
6: The same kind of crass effort to stop the black vote that was exposed in Florida, I know for a fact, took place in Georgia and probably all across the South.
3: I'm in Tennessee to attend a national conference on election fraud. A man named Bernie Ellis organized the conference called Gathering to Save Our Democracy.
5: Clint Curtis is the uh, whistleblower from Florida. Yeah. So he's going to show how you can hack into a system.
2: If you have no vote, you have no civil rights.
3: I first came in touch with Clint Curtis after I had reported on a group named Justice Through Music that was putting on a reward of $200,000 for evidence of fraud in the 2004 election. Clint was one of the folks, apparently, who had contacted them with his story, with his information, and he said, in I believe that very first email to them, that he didn't want the reward, but he wanted them to know his story.
2: In 2000, I was working for Yang Enterprises, which was a company in Oviedo, Florida, and their, um, their chief lobbyist, their corporate attorney, and speaker of the House of Florida was Tom Feeney and he was there to feed his contracts. So he came in one day, my, one of my first introductions to him, and he wanted us to build a vote-flipping software.
3: He's the Speaker of the Florida House, or about to be. Right. He comes
2: into Yang, where you're working. He came in, and he wanted a vote-fraud system to be built. He wanted a vote-fraud system to be built? He wanted a program that could flip the votes without anyone seeing it he wanted it to be able to be run on a touch screen machine in other words hidden buttons on the screen or something like that no keyboards no no guy in a black mask sitting across the street in a van poking things in you know just walk up and do something and he wanted the source code to be written in such a way that the manipulation was hidden even if you saw the source code is that possible? it's not possible if it's there and someone takes the time to look you can't hide it. So I told him right up front that as long as you can see the source code, you can't hide it. Can't hide it, can't be done. And what did he say? Well, Mrs. Yang cut me off and said... Who's Mrs. Yang? Mrs. Yang is the head of the company. All right. And she cut me off and said, we'll build it for you. Give you something to show. Did you understand that he was asking you to do something that was illegal? I was a Republican. I thought Tom Feeney. I thought the Democrats had something planned. Okay. And he was trying to prevent it. So. I built it, delivered it the next day to her. I had a little document all written up on, you know, how in order to make sure that, you know, fraud was found, what elements you would need. Right. And she cuts me off and says, you don't understand. In order to get the contract, we need to hide the code. This is for flipping the vote in South Florida. This is the same Tom Finney uh, who, as
3: Speaker of the House in 2000, claimed that no matter what the Supreme Court said he was going to give the electors to George W. Bush. Yes, that's the guy. The same Tom Feeney as I understand it who was Jeb Bush's running mate for governor back in 94 when Jeb lost by the way. Yes. So Feeney did him no good. Did
2: him no good that time. That time, There you you're go. right. And so Feeney was basically feeding with contracts and saying, you know, can we do this, can we do that, you know. Okay. So I was kind of the technology supervisor. If we could do it, then I would tell them, and we could run whatever, you know, little test pattern they wanted for us. Jeb was already governor at that point? Yes. two thousand. Okay. Jeb was already governor.
3: When I was contacted by Clint, I said, well, would you be willing to put this into an affidavit, a sworn affidavit, since a lot of this stuff off the bat is, is, is still difficult to prove, especially that nugget of that meeting with Tom Feeney and the, the vote rigging software is still uh, largely, uh, he said... He said story. On December 6, 2004, Clint Curtis filed an affidavit with Congress, alleging that one of their members, Tom Feeney of Florida, had asked him to create vote rigging software.
1: He asked you to design a, to see, to design a code to rig an election?
4: Yes. While he was Speaker of the Florida House?
2: Yes. When we filed the affidavit right. in December, the dog turned up shot, the very... Uh, the very day we filed that, so. I don't know if it's a threat or more of just we can do whatever we want whenever we want it, kind of a statement.
3: The day that I broke the story, Clint Curtis's affidavit, I had been awake for three days straight. I was so creeped out by this entire thing that I couldn't sleep. The same day that I broke that story, I got a phone call from Clint in D.C saying that his dog had been shot. And I thought, oh, man, he's, you know, Clint's going with, to, with this kind of crap happening, he's not going to want to continue, you know, telling this story. He said to me, no, you're damn right, we're going to keep reporting this story, and we're going to keep, you know, I'm, I'm still going to continue talking about what I've, what I've learned. Yang's attorney quickly released a statement claiming that Mr. Curtis's allegations are categorically false and that Clint Curtis is a disgruntled former employee. I have heard, Clint, that you were a disgruntled employee (laughs) of Yang, and that's why you've been making these
2: claims. That was their original excuse until I produced, and I think it's got on your blog, isn't it, this uh, card which uh, they gave me which said, you know, come back any time, the door will always be open. This is what Yang said to you? Well, the actual owner, Mrs. Mrs. Yang, wrote that.
3: I'm wondering if Mrs. Yang is available. This is Brad Friedman calling. Uh, any idea when she might be available? I'm working on a story on Deadline. Is there a, a spokesperson for the company that might be able to answer some questions? Hey, hello? This meeting with Tom Feeney where he asked you to create which what is essentially vote rigging software. For electronic voting machines tom feeney is in the room you're in the room
2: mrs yang the ceo is in the room anybody else in the room mike cohen (laughs) who is mike cohen mike cohen was the executive secretary for mrs yang he was basically the note taker mike cohen the executive secretary for mrs yang whom curtis claimed was
3: at the vote rigging meeting told a reporter from wired that the meeting never took place and i called him and said hi this is brad friedman brad uh, yes, Mike Cohen, I wanted to ask you a couple, Brad, Brad, I, I don't want to be impolite, I'm going to hang up the phone, but I don't want to, but Mike, I'm wondering, can you, Brad, Brad, and he just would not let me get out a word, and um, And then he hung up, and uh,
2: I guess he doesn't want to speak to me. If they really tried to put out a program to do vote fraud, right. the minute they checked the source code, they'd see it. It sounds like you presumed that these uh, counties, these states
3: and so forth, would examine the source code before it was actually used in an election. Correct? Well, yeah.
2: (laughs) But they do not, correct? That's what I've heard. What did you think when you heard that? That I should tell people what's going on. What he wanted was a program that would flip the vote. And this is what I produced, basically. It looks like that.
3: You've compiled a essentially a prototype program to yes. show how somebody could, in fact, if they wanted to, use the touchscreen software to flip the vote. Correct. Is this the actual program
2: that you built for them? No. So you don't have contract. the actual software that no, you wrote No, I just rewrote them. a duplicate of it because it's, it's real simple. It's like 100 lines of code. This is a little garbage program that I wrote for Feeney. You don't see the actual vote count. So you walk up. Who do we want to vote for here? Carrie is winning. A little bit. Okay? <laughs> You come in, you vote for Bush, you vote for Bush, you vote for Bush. Always adds by one. Vote for Kerry, vote for Kerry. So the people that are going to be validating this machine can stand there all day long and vote for somebody and it will be right every time. Pretty simple, okay? But the guy could walk up here and if he hits the right buttons, he can flip the vote that easy. So the whole vote hole has changed you can have 20 people standing behind his back while he's poking at a screen and you never saw it. What's the percentage that you worked out to, for 51 to 49. 51 to 49. Because it's under the uh... kind of the recall. Close enough you don't have a recall. When I actually wrote it it wasn't Bush Kerry it was cat and dog I think or something. <laughs> like
5: that. I think the voting should still be done on paper because it's way too easy to manipulate computers. Uh, Jesse
4: Jackson uh we were on a speaker phone with Mr. Kerry, and we told him. Uh, Mr. Kerry didn't really respond to what we said about Ohio, but he did point out that the Opti scans and uh, wherever they used them in New Mexico, he lost regardless of the Democratic and Republican registration. He said, it sure seems like I lost everywhere they used those machines.
3: Why didn't you leave the building with a copy of the uh, source
2: code to prove what had gone on? Because it's a secured site. You don't do that. We have government contracts and nothing is supposed to leave the building.
0: It is more difficult to get into the Yang offices than it is to get into a government office.
3: Really? <laughs> yes.
0: I was an employee of the Department of Transportation.
3: Florida Department of The Florida
0: Department of Transportation. The department entered into a contract with Yang, I believe in
3: January of 99. Sure.
0: I had known Mrs. Yang since approximately ninety four ninety five.
3: Did she ever tell you how she came to hire Tom Feeney?
0: Uh, she indicated to me that now he, that he was in politics that they had hired Mr. Feeney as her general counsel.
3: Did that strike you as odd that a company doing business with the state would hire the incoming Speaker of the House? It struck me as odd
0: that an individual like this, in addition to being general counsel for a vendor, would also be the registered paid lobbyist for a vendor. And Mr. Feeney was both for Yang Enterprises. His political campaign offices were in the same building where she had her offices in a building in which she owned. Something was slowly going wrong. The invoices from Yang began to escalate. Every time I would reject an invoice, and say no this is not what we agreed to here was your authorization that's all you can bill we'll have to discuss this with our general counsel mister Tom Feeney he's the speaker of the house so they began using his name
3: trying to intimidate me did you have enough of a concern about it to go to anybody and say hey this this doesn't seem right
0: since he was speaker of the house and a member of the house I'll call the house Ethics committee and said that, you know, I was having a problem and there may well be political influence. And how did they handle these things? And they told me that Mr. Feeney was the person who would review it and either accept it for review or throw it out as being not worthwhile. Wait a minute. And I said, I'm complaining about Mr. Feeney. And they said, we don't have any way to bypass him. The way our committee is set up, Mr. Feeney is the one who will evaluate your complaint. Mm. For one of our elected politicians to use the power of his office for self, that's not supposed to happen.
2: Prior to getting introduced to Feeney, they just seemed odd. Things were odd. You know, they had people sneaking up the back stairs. and they were downloading information from NASA that didn't seem like they should be doing that. You know, things like this. They but. had a
3: NASA contract, correct? Yes. And they have to have sort of top-secret
2: clearance to have this I would contract? assume they must have some clearance because, you know. Did Feeney help them get that contract? Don't know, but he... Um, he has connections to NASA, his wife works there. So you
3: don't know if Feeney was instrumental in helping them get that particular contract.
2: Uh, okay, you said that they were downloading stuff from NASA software? Yang Enterprises was bringing gigabytes of databases from NASA and then they were handing it over to Henry Nee. Who is Henry Knee? Henry Knee was a little skinny Chinese guy that worked there and he wasn't legal. He was a, an illegal alien? Mm-hmm even while I was looking into the story, we then discovered the, uh, the matter of Henry Nee. They finally arrested him for sending missile chips to China.
3: Henry Nee was in fact arrested after a four-year sting last year on three counts of attempting to send Hellfire anti-tank missile chips to China. And he admitted doing it 20 times. And he pled guilty to one of the charges and admitted it was a slow year. <laughs> so they only did this 10 to 20 times. And when he was sentenced in October of
2: 2004, he was sentenced to three years probation and a $100 fine. Pretty weak, huh? He seems to think he's pretty much promised a green card as soon as he's done with his probation.
3: To this day, Mrs. Yang, I understand, uh, says that Henry Nee never worked
2: at Yang Enterprises, Inc. It's one of the reasons you can prove that he was working on the project was the fact that they actually billed for him. They're sending timesheets to you saying, Here's who
3: worked on what and how correct. many hours they worked and so forth. Correct. One of them was Clint Curtis.
2: One of them was Clint Curtis. One of them was Henry Nee. One of them was Henry Nee. She was regularly shipping information off to her brother in China. She, Mrs. Yang, Mrs. the Yang, CEO. Mrs. Yang, Okay. Right, right. Who was her brother in China? Her brother, according to her, she got drunk one time and she was happy. and She was telling me about um, her brother had been thrown out of the country for spying. Of course, she said he didn't do it. But... He'd been tossed for spying, and then she's doing all this correspondence. She said it was video games, and I asked her, Should you really be shipping all this stuff to your brother since we have NASA contracts? And the government thinks he's a spy.
6: I out.
2: If you've got Every environmental group, every group you have, just say, we're not going to do anything else. We're going to make the vote system, and we're going to fix it. And you could fix it in two months. But you've got to abandon everything else for those months and not save the whales and not do anything else, but fix that problem. Because if you don't fix that problem, nothing else you want to do will matter.
3: Thank you. I am pleased to follow that liar, Clint Curtis. (laughs) In case anybody missed it this morning, Clint Curtis passed the lie detector test and it ran in this morning's St. Petersburg Times. Did you have
2: any concerns about taking the polygraph test? No. I've been trying to for quite a while, but the opportunity came along for someone who is supposedly, you know, top of the line. Right. Big career with uh, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, so... It's a good time to do it. What'd they ask you? Do you remember? They basically were trying to validate the affidavit that I gave to Congress.
3: The lie detector test that Clint Curtis took was administered by Tim Robinson, who used to be the chief polygraph examiner for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Clint Curtis was found to be truthful in all of his responses. Congressman Tom Feeney has yet to take his polygraph exam.
6: You have a serious problem because you want your candidate to win, and you don't want the election to be rigged. But as it stands right now, we don't have a clue as to whether or not our elections will be rigged.
3: Hari Hursty was invited by election supervisor Ion Sancho to test the Diebold AccuVote optical scan voting machine in Leon County, Florida. Clint Curtis said that the, the program was never used, as far as he knows. It was a proof of concept. Is there anything about his concept then?
7: From the touchscreen systems, uh, all touchscreen systems out there, it's impossible for me to say if actually you can do it with all the machines. Definitely you can do it with the debold, both debold platforms. And, and the presumption here being that nobody gets to look at the source code. Well, in debold, I would say I would build it so that it, it, you cannot find it from source code, even if somebody looks it. And that's, I mean, I wouldn't go to that area.
3: Can it be built? Well, I don't know if he's a good enough programmer to do it. Could it be done that you can actually hide it in the source code well, so that it cannot be done? If yeah. I found? Yeah. Black box voting facilitated a number of hacking demonstrations. Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney was able to witness the vulnerability of a Diebold central tabulator firsthand.
6: With three clicks of a mouse and some instructions from those who know how to do this, I was able to hack into the Microsoft program that tabulates the votes, change the uh, election vote, and then exit from the program. Now, I saw it. I did it. And so then that means that I kind of know that it can
0: be done. (laughs) Clint called me and told me that he had resigned from
2: Yang. Why were you resigning in the first place? Because they're crooked. And if they're ethically challenged, I don't want to be there.
0: I gave him a listing of firms that we did business with and told him if he were made available through an existing contract, I would then be able to contract
3: with him. So you went to the Florida Department of Transportation after you left Yang Enterprises,
2: correct? Yang you know. had like an eight million dollar contract, right, right with right. FDOT? And they found out I was working there and they, they just went ballistic. They started calling all over the place and I need to call them as soon as possible. Who called you? Mike One. Cohen. So Yang is now calling you after you went to work at FDOT? Right. They were all in the room talking. I could hear the mumbling in the background, you know, and Mike was basically the voice okay. coming out of this. Why are they calling you? They want to offer me big money to come back at first, you know. And then, when it got to the point of, well, Feeney, will find you a different job and we'll give you this million dollars anyway, it's like, why? They offered you a million dollars. They offered me a million dollars just to leave Tallahassee. And why didn't you take that? Because that's not right. Why
3: isn't it right? Is there anything illegal <laughs> about uh, Well, if you're they're offering... They're offering you a job. It's a million dollars.
2: How much were you making when you worked at Yang before? Sixty thousand. Sixty thousand? Yeah. And now they're offering you a million? Now offering a million. That's quite a price increase if there's not something illegal going on.
3: Are they still looking for someone? Because I could use some... Oh, could you use some... Yeah, I mean, if it's a million dollars... You don't have to show up
2: for the job, either. I'll leave Tallahassee. It's (laughs) not a problem.
3: He told you and others... In the office? In the office about this phone call he received from Yang where they Mm. offered him... It
0: was an ungodly amount of money. What
2: did he tell you the offer was for?
3: To leave D.O.D.
0: and keep his mouth shut.
2: <laughs> so I start talking to Mike, Cohen, personally, Mike Cohen, the executive on the phone sector. at night, you know, and try to find out what's going on, you know. And basically he told me what was going on, you know. They had illegal aliens working there, you know. Henry was a spy. They were ripping off FDOT, you know, the whole routine. And it turned from, you know, Bribes to you know we're gonna have Ralph come kill you kind of stuff Whoa, together. Whoa! What do you mean we're gonna have Ralph come <laughs> kill you? Who's, who's Ralph's is? a sniper. Ralph was a sniper. Now this in is Vietnam. Ralph Thompson. The guy you said was the VP at one time. The VP, right? Mike Cohen says to you that Ralph is gonna come kill you. Well, actually, he says Ralph used to be a sniper. You know, you never even see it coming. But you know, Ralph is now sixty. You might okay. have been a great sniper in your twenty. <laughs> okay. But you know. Crawling through the woods when you're 60 is not quite the same. Don't taunt, don't taunt Ralph. <laughs> don't taunt Ralph. No, this is being taped. Yeah. You, you got enough problems. <laughs> Certainly, you go to the police. Somebody has just told so you. So then I go through the books. I have to have some sort of evidence because otherwise. What books do you go through? Nothing. What, are you, what are you talking about? Well, since I worked in the same department where the billing had come in, okay. I started looking through the contract and they had been overbilling for me for years. And they are billing like 40 hours a week for forever. Were you working 40 hours a week on no, the Yang contract? not at all, not even close. Working on the NASA contracts and the ExxonMobil contracts. And
3: but and you were working 40 hour
2: weeks essentially? Mm-hmm.
3: And all of that time was being billed to Yang even though you were not doing all of your right. work for FDOT.
2: They even billed for a couple of days after I had left them and was working at FDOT. So I told Mavis Georgialis and she said well we need to go to the Attorney General's office. You and Mavis Georgellis? Together? Yes. She went up with me and told the story, and I told my part of it. And the inspector general was whom? Ray Lemmy. What
3: complaints were made with Raymond Lemmy?
0: Improper invoicing on the part of Yang Enterprises, improper political influence because coming Tom... down from Tom Feeney I see. Uh, through my immediate supervisor, Nelson Hill, on behalf of Yang Enterprises, and the use by Yang Enterprises of unauthorized alien labor. I tell him
2: everything that went on at Yanks.
3: You tell him about the vote rigging software. Yes. You sure? Yes. In their report, it looks like you complained about the things that had to do with FDOT specifically. Well,
2: that's the things that he could touch on. Ah. And all the other stuff he was supposed to pass on to, like, the NASA stuff. He was right. going to pass to NASA and, you know. What was he going to do with the vote rigging stuff? He was supposed to pass it out, I guess, to where it goes. They claim that you didn't tell them. Seems odd, doesn't it? they know about all the rest?
1: Ohio is a, a repeat of Florida. <laughs> right. And uh, I know the Democrats
5: uh, enough to know that, uh, you know, they're not going to give up if they know they've got an inch anywhere.
3: Who went to the Supreme Court in 2000? Uh, that would have been uh, Bush. What did he go for? Uh, to uh,
1: make sure that he kept what was his.
3: To so make sure he kept what was his. Yeah, I, uh, actually,
1: because uh, uh, we had too many whining Democrats at the time.
3: Too much whining.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I don't. Th- was I can't. In the Supreme Court, did they make it was the case no whining for Democrats or was it something specific that they wanted? Oh, uh, yeah, they wanted to. Uh, they wanted to steal an election. D- Bush Cheney wanted to steal the election. No, no,
5: no, no. Whoop, whoop, whoop. whoop. You nope. Know, you got the you got okay, the names on the wrong side there.
3: Where are you from, Liz?
0: Boca Raton, Florida.
3: Florida. Did they go to the Supreme Court in 2000 and ask them to not count votes in Florida? It's a yes or no answer. Did they?
1: I don't
3: know. Okay, the answer is yes, they did. And do you know what the Supreme Court said?
1: I know what the Supreme Court said. what they say? Vote <laughs> That is what they said. And
3: they said don't count the votes.
2: In
5: the year 2000, the country failed abysmally in the presidential election process. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected
2: president. He received the most votes uh, nationwide, and in my opinion, he also received the most votes in Florida.
1: As long as we cannot express ourselves through the ballot box, I mean, with Albert Gore getting so many more popular votes than Bush in 2000, well, in in a normal country, that would be the election. And we should arrange our elections, really, the winner wins, that's all, not to go back to an 18th century uh, trick. What is
4: your name?
3: My name's Brad.
5: Brad, I'm sorry, but let me, I didn't right. get into being Let me give you a surprise. Okay. In 2000, yeah. I voted for Al Gore.
3: Yeah.
4: We're up against 21st century high-tech Jim Crow. As they realized that uh, you know the first time around, they beat people down, they lynched people uh, until they could do that no more. And the people demanded they stop it. Now they've realized that if they go in and hide behind a clipboard and a suit and a technician in a private corporation, that they can go back to disenfranchising poor, and minorities
3: there was a a a recent commission that was put together headed by james a baker and jimmy carter this commission came out and recommended photo ids at the polls requiring folks to have photo id now it sounds sensible enough until you take a look at it and you discover that uh, anywhere from 10 to 20 million american voters don't have a driver's license don't have photo ids and what do you know they happen to be largely minorities city dwellers the elderly the poor look voter fraud is not a problem in this country election fraud is a huge problem voter fraud you know is something that the bad guys like to put out there as if it's a problem in fact uh, for example the league of women's voters did a study of the last two national elections in ohio and found that of 9 over 9 million votes cast there was exactly 4 cases of voter fraud That was discovered it's not the people it's the voting machine companies who are running these elections with secret software who are privatizing it it's the congressmen and the senators and the the state officials who are allowing them to do so
6: there's nothing quite so hot as a georgia summer (laughs) but guess what the dipole machines break down in the heat now, I wonder if our illustrious Secretary of State, Kathy Cox, who wants to be the next governor of Georgia, first woman governor of Georgia, asked the question, how do the machines perform in the heat? <laughs> if she had just asked that simple question, we would have had an alternative to the Diebold machines. But then by that time, of course, she had already allowed Diebold to place her photograph and the seal of the state of Georgia on their promotional materials. So she had become wedded to this particular system, which I think kind of is a conflict of interest.
2: I'll say elections were stolen. In fact, you I think well? I did. You think the election was stolen? Absolutely. In 2004? Look mm-hmm. at the exit polls and they don't match the results. The same thing that we complained about when the Ukraine had their election right. and actually made them have a new one. Right their exit polls were actually closer than ours. In
3: fact, in the states that had electronic voting, the numbers didn't match at all with the exit polling. But in states where they had paper, what do you know? The exit polls and the final results were almost perfect.
4: I have no doubt John Kerry won the election in Ohio.
3: Okay. Now, had John Kerry won the election in Ohio, John Kerry would would be be president? president. Sure.
4: To say that those exit polls were so far off just didn't happen. Something else happened, and I say that as someone who has a PhD in political science and has worked in campaigns. People who came out and thought they voted for Kerry, their votes weren't counted, right. or somebody actually tampered with the vote count.
2: So the Yang folks, right. Feeney, and the Yang, are sort of harassing Mavis. Are getting DOT to harass Mavis because Nelson Hill, who works for DOT, yeah. is also Feeney's puppy. When yeah. they were harassing her, I wrote back to the head IG, Cecil Bragg, and said, you're not doing anything on the investigation, you know, why not? And the next business day, their response was they fired me and Mavis at the same time. Clint
0: is fired at 10 in the morning, I'm fired at like 2, 2.30 that afternoon. Instead of sh-
3: investigating this company, instead of putting, a, putting the mm-hmm. brakes on what's going on, they're actually writing letters of recommendation for that company, Correct. Yang, Correct. and saying that you're removed. Correct. Tom Feeney's fingerprints are all over this thing? Yes. yes. Literal
0: fingerprints. Literal fingerprints. I mean, read the public record. Read the public record. I don't want anyone to take my word for anything, Brad. Get the documents and read the record. And when you read a memo from Nelson Hill's secretary to him stating that Mr. Feeney wants this letter signed today and this letter is a recommendation for Yang Enterprises and the following day after Mr. Hill executes this letter of recommendation he is suddenly promoted to Deputy CIO for the State Technology Office Nelson Hill
3: is promoted the day after he writes this letter the letter of recommendation for Yang Enterprises had they had any problems with you prior to this investigation?
0: I believe in January of 2001 I received an outstanding evaluation that went into a lot of detail as to the value of my services to the department.
3: And how long had you been with the department?
0: I began with the department in 88.
3: 88? Yes.
0: I'd been with the department for almost 15 years at this point. Yes. The department did a an agency cleansing of any corporate knowledge concerning the problems with the Yang contract. How many people were fired? A half a dozen on? other, other they, than Clint and myself.
3: So anybody who was involved with the Yang contract is now, originally, is now correct. gone?
2: Correct, correct. In fact on her, they tried to get her to sign a little paper saying she resigned. Did she sign it? She signed the resign one and she kept to the one where it said you're fired. So when it went to court when they said, "Well, she resigned voluntarily. We didn't do anything about it. She can produce a paper showing that they're just flat out lying." She, she filed a
3: whistleblower <laughs> suit. Yes. And she won the case. She won the case. What I began to do was to look into uh, all the pieces uh, of Clint Curtis's story, all the claims that he's made. And the more you look, the more paper trail there is that backs up, in fact, backs up Clint Curtis's assertions. In 2004, the Florida Department of Transportation's audit of Yang Enterprises found $850,000 in questioned and qualified costs. Of that amount, Yang was asked to repay $132,000 pending further investigation. Uh, hello, Phoenix. We've got a huge show for you today. Diebold whistleblower Stephen Heller in his first live broadcast interview... Stephen Heller was charged with three felony counts for releasing secret Diebold legal documents that he came across while he was working as a temp at Diebold's Los Angeles law firm, Jones Day.
5: I believe in my heart, even though I hadn't quite admitted it to myself, as soon as I saw them, those documents, I think I knew I was gonna eventually release them. You
3: can't really talk about what those documents were that you that no, printed out, right?
5: That's true, Brad. Those documents were attorney-client privilege information, and that's why I got arrested in the first place. And uh, even now, if I were to talk about the content, I could be at risk of getting myself in trouble again. All right. Can I talk about the content? You can say anything you want. I will. All right.
3: Bold was asking legal advice about having secretly installed uncertified software on voting machines to be used in the 2004 California election.
5: It was a clear violation of the law. No one in America, in the press, was covering this issue. So I thought, if I send all these documents to some reporter who doesn't know anything about the issue, they're likely to end up in the trash can. I knew I had to get them to somebody who had the press connections and the government connections to do something with these documents, and that obviously was Bev Harris of Black Box Voting.
7: I started reading the Lee Diebold memos, which had been around everywhere on the Internet. But at a certain point of time, I realized it has to live in a memory card. I knew already that it's against the FEC rules. It should not be there. And I said, well, that would be a problem because this memory card is proprietary. I said, well, no, it's not. I have seen this guy before. And he actually went on immediately and wrote to Diebold and got in written response saying, this memory card is proprietary technology by Diebold. It's not available from anywhere else. So, you know, Diebold I, told them in a letter that this I, was I actually saw the letter. So I said, no. Uh, you know, I, I have almost photographic memory. I know I have seen this guy before. Actually, it took me two weeks to figure out what the memory card was. And then it all of a sudden clicked. It's the Tandy, it's the Tandy old machine. The original first patent ever made up a laptop computer. By Tandy? Tandy. And this is the memory unit. It's an Epson memory card. That That's from the patent I got the name, Epson memory card. Now I know who you are. So after I knew what it is, I spend 130 bucks I got the reader because of its design the D-Bold
3: touchscreen machine proved vulnerable to a 20 year old hack the old
7: bootloader hack there's nothing worse than bootloader hack and Honestly, I haven't seen these kind of things to happen in 20 years. This you can do, you've confirmed this, this is, on, on the Bold uh, Touchscreen TSX machine. This is confirmed by me, and proof of concept was written by Princeton University, so you have independent verification for my findings.
3: In 2006, a Princeton University professor and two graduate students confirmed what Harry Hursty had already proven. They posted their demonstration on YouTube hacking the Diebold touchscreen machine in less than one minute's time. They inserted a vote-flipping virus that changed vote tallies, would spread to other machines, and flip an election without leaving a trace.
5: You would hope that they didn't steal the, the last election, but you know if they did, I guess the outcome would have been completely different if we had a different president. War in Iraq probably wouldn't have happened, most likely. That's the biggest impact, I think.
3: This
7: is a, a national security issue. That is correct. It's a national Why security issue. Why is it issue. a national security issue? Of course, for the reason being that you actually decide for who are going to make the decisions for the future. I mean, everything to do with the votings are national security level issues in all the countries, not only in the US. One of the good election supervisors, he's second in command, who was responsible in office for IT, and the security came to me and say, I don't understand what you guys are doing. What is this big fuss about this? You know, these machines can be hacked. Of course they can be hacked. We are not counting here real things like money. What did you say to him when he said that to you? Well, basically I say, perhaps you should think about how much money people are using in campaigns alone. Perhaps they wouldn't be using if this wouldn't be a real thing like money.
1: Mm.
3: According to a report in Rolling Stone magazine, Jack Abramoff's lobbying firm, Greenberg-Trorig, was paid $275,000 by Diebold just before the passage of the Help America Vote Act, or HAVA, of 2002. Abramoff took the author of HAVA, Congressman Bob Ney, on a lavish golfing trip to Scotland. Both Abramoff and Ney have since been convicted of felonies relating to these matters, and are currently serving time in prison. Bob Ney is a felon and currently can't vote in the state of Ohio. Yet we're stuck with his bill. This whole mess began, our latest chapter begins with this Help America Vote Act, $3.8 billion federal act has now put these machines out all over the map with little or no oversight. Approximately 80% of the votes in the United States of America are counted. By De or ESNS?
7: We have to fix this. Not for the US sakes alone, while I love the United States of America, but also for the global sake, because otherwise this will just keep on spreading.
3: But they're picking up our technology the things that we're doing well, in the, our elections. Yeah,
7: actually US companies are trying to sell it very aggressively to, to the Europe and to a number of places where democracy hasn't been very strongly going. I mean, ESNS is selling to Hungary. SNS is selling to England. Also, number of the manufacturers are using different brand names when they see say, sell their machines globally.
3: Isn't that at the heart of this, this privatization of our public election system?
5: I think so, and I think it's a horrible idea. I just can't understand why anyone would think that in the United States it's a good idea to let a private corporation run our elections for us in secret, using secret machines and secret software. That's insanity. We should never allow that. All votes must be on a paper ballot, and there must be complete transparency in all machines used to process or tabulate those votes.
3: Did you vote on paper or electronic machines? Electronic. What makes you think it was counted accurately? Well,
5: we've been doing electronic voting a lot longer in some of the other states. Did, but
3: did you get, a, like, a paper receipt when you voted? No, I didn't get a receipt. So what makes you think it was counted accurately?
5: Well, then, i really, I guess maybe it wasn't.
6: I think the last election was stolen, stolen for definitely. sure. And uh, now there's some question of those voting machines and who um, is the uh, uh, people that own them. Uh, they're owned by, supposedly, I heard, friends of Dick Cheney.
3: In an infamous fundraising letter to supporters in the summer of 2003, Diebold CEO Wally O'Dell promised to deliver Ohio's electoral votes to George W. Bush. Friendly gesture.
4: To simply assume that we don't steal votes in the United States is patently absurd. In Mahoning
8: County, where Youngstown is located, and this is verified by the Board of Elections themselves, Twenty to thirty touch screen voting machines recorded votes for candidates opposed to those selected by the voters, always jumping from Democrat to Republican. I can think of no other way this could have happened except this, that these touch screen machines were programmed to default to candidate Bush. And if you did not override the default
3: choice of that computer, you would be voting for Bush. As for investigating the 2004 presidential election in Ohio, despite a court order, 56 out of 88 Ohio counties destroyed some or all of their ballots from that election.
4: Like It's like organized crime. I mean, right? Organized crime, people, when they don't understand organized crime, the organized crime doesn't go out and steal a million dollars. What they steal is they steal a little every day. And I think that's what the Republicans understand, is that if you don't get too greedy, and you you know, you know steal some votes in Warren County, you steal some votes in Claremont County, you have some computer glitch problem here and there, suddenly you've got your votes. That's why you have to have checks and balances, you have to have full transparency, you have to have nonpartisan people who get paid decent salaries and don't want to be fired. Uh, look, I mean, We understand this with slot machines in Vegas. We heavily regulate them, we tear them down on the spot, we send people in with spot checks, rip the machines apart to make sure they're fair. We don't do it with our voting machines, just with our slot machines.
7: The key thing here is, if we want to immediately increase the level of security, you will start by releasing these absentee ballots. Because in the state of California on average, in basically every county, 30% of the voters are absentees. You have very solid evidence if the rest of the bunch doesn't fall in the same you're, line. You're, oh,
3: you're saying release those things already right, right now. We're already scanning them with the optical uh, scanners
7: imi- yeah. we, they have the image. And release since, those images. And since this doesn't really need more new legislation, you're going to start doing it right now. How would one keep this from happening, the,
2: the ability to steal an election? Non-proprietary source code, right. non-proprietary hardware because you can hide it in the hardware, random checks. You'd be okay with all of that? Sure, because you've got to have random checks because right now it's they have to wrestle over what the recount is. Well, you right. should have automatic recounts on you know, so many percent of the vote just to make sure your machines are working because if they're not working you don't have the right vote.
8: Well, you never know if the, you know, if the electronics or the computers are going to be doing it correctly and you don't know if the programs are right. Uh, I guess you just have to you know, have faith that they will be. I think we got to uh, make sure that all the votes are counted. You know, I personally am committed to counting all the votes myself.
5: I think I could do a better job than some of these uh, machines are doing.
7: In my mind, silver bullet means a solution where you don't have to trust anyone. You can verify that the vote you cast was recorded accurately. You can verify that your vote was count it, and you can verify that your vote was part of the total. So you can access every single turning point, every single process point of the election process, and see that my vote is going through there.
6: So if we have to count the paper to be absolutely sure about the machine count anyway, then what do we need the machines for in the first
2: place? It's a tool. It's not a god. It's a tool. Now that I'm fired, I apply for jobs, you know, programmer. Been at NASA, worked with Exxon Mobil. Right. Worked with DOT. Can't find a job anywhere. I end up stocking shelves at the dollar store. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. All okay. right. So I'm thinking I'm not getting a real good recommendation from Yang and DOT. So now you're working so at the dollar store. Working at the dollar store, stocking shelves. Uh-huh. And Lemmy shows up. Raymond Lemmy. Just comes in sometime and he's staring at me over the top of these little you know potato chip type holder. I walked over and said, can I help you? And he said, no, I'm just shopping. And he leaves. Okay. And then he comes in again tells me that he's been working on the case on the side. He's looking into this on his own On now? his own. For fun? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Why? What's he going to do with this information if, he can't, if he's not doing it? In I guess if he passive? gets enough of it, he thinks he can pop it somewhere. I don't know. So he keeps coming in and asking me questions about boat rigging and spies and I don't know necessarily what he wants. So I just answer whatever he asks. This was a big case that he was making headway on. It wasn't an official case because officially D.O.T. was going to do nothing because Feeney wouldn't let him do anything. So I give him information but he didn't give a lot back. Was he a friend of yours by that point? Not really. I liked the fact that he was actually working on it. Right. But I didn't necessarily know how much he was working on it and how much he was working on me. And what does he say? He's got it all ready to bundle up. He's going to pop the news in a couple of weeks, and I'll just be thrilled with the results. And I said, You know, you better tell somebody. You better tell someone? Why? These people were not nice. Clint indicated to me
0: that Ray Lemmy had told him that it was much bigger, that what he was investigating was much bigger and went higher. Clint said this to you? Yes, Clint said that
3: to
2: me.
0: When he
3: said all the way to the top, who did you think he was?
2: Who was who the top? I was thinking Bush. I didn't know whether it was just Jeb Bush or whether it went farther than that. From Feeney's conversation, he thought he was right with Bush. Feeney said that he was yes. right with Bush. Right, both George and Jeb, so. Lemmy says to you, this corruption goes all the way to the top. Right. And all I have to do is wait a couple weeks and I'll be thrilled with the results. So you waited a couple weeks. And he turned up dead in a Georgia motel room.
0: Why he was investigating was much bigger... When you all the top, who did you
2: think he was... Before? I was thinking Bush. <laughs> my first thought was they killed him. How did you feel about that? Guilty. You felt guilty? Yeah. If I hadn't brought it to him, then he wouldn't have gotten involved. What was they the don't cause have, of death? They said suicide, but they don't do autopsies in Georgia. If he would, died in Florida it's an automatic autopsy
3: you mean if you if, if a suicide occurred in Florida it would be an automatic autopsy
2: automatic but autopsy a
3: suicide in Georgia
2: not mandatory not mandatory it right. would have
3: had to have occurred had he been killed in not been killed
2: well in, my speculation is he offended somebody and he got killed you feel he got killed yes um, because the hotel he was at is this real secluded you know, tree lines on both sides. It's a little shabby $23 a night hotel. You know, if you wanted to kill yourself, why not stop somewhere in Florida? He was working out Tallahassee, Florida. He was right? working at Tallahassee, Tallahassee. So
3: Tallahassee. You were it. in Tallahassee at
2: the time. Right. Then there's Valdosta, which is just... Hour like and a half away. Hour and a half away. It's sort of a border town in Georgia. It's up a ways. There are a lot of hotels he could have stopped at at Georgia prior to getting to Valdosta. The whole thing's just wrong. There's a report that he called into DOT at 6.45 in the morning, and yet they have him killing himself 38 minutes later, even though it's another hour to get to Valdosta. Supposedly he's in the motel room one night, right. but there's two receipts.
3: In the police report it says one is a check-in receipt, the other is a check-out receipt.
2: If he killed himself he didn't check out.
3: Well. Have you not checked into a motel room where they charge you up front? In other words, they check you in and check you out at the same time? On different days?
2: I don't think they do that.
3: Yeah, there's another problem with that. The first receipt is dated June 29, 2003. He was in Tallahassee June 29, 2003. He didn't kiss his wife
2: goodbye, as she says, until June 30th, 2003, 6.15 a.m. Who's in the room on June 29th? In the hotel room, they found a blank... Was a legal pad okay, and an empty file folder. And right. every time he'd come talk to me, he'd have his little yellow pad and his little file folder full of papers. Are you suggesting that... The papers are gone, yes. And you're suggesting that somebody took those papers? Would you take a legal pad and a uh, manila folder to a suicide? Maybe he wanted to have a, 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 write a suicide note. Oh, the note's weird, too, because he didn't mm. talk about his daughter. And the daughter was just about to be married. And he mentioned his wife right. by name. He has one child, a daughter. Daughter. He does not mention her. Does not mention her. But every time we talked at the dollar store, part of the conversation was, you know, how's your daughter? She's doing good. Yeah. Getting married, you know. Doesn't mention her in his suicide note. Mentions his wife. Did he sign his suicide note? Didn't sign it. He
3: put a time on it. The police. Say they took photographs, but due to the, a failure in the camera's flash memory, mm-hmm. there would be no photographs. Right. We've recently seen that there are, in fact, photographs that conflict the police report. That do conflict the police report. The Valdosta police report alleged there was no blood on the towel and no visible trauma to the body. The photographs of Raymond Lemmy seem to suggest otherwise. And Valdosta police have confirmed that these photographs are real, and that due to interest on the internet in December of 2004, they reopened the case of Raymond Lemmy. Also around that time, they spoke with someone at the Florida Department of Transportation, and that they closed the case shortly thereafter. Now they won't tell me who it is they talked to at the Florida Department of Transportation. Uh, they told me over and over and over that they were not stonewalling me and they're then not. they didn't call me back ever again. And remember, they're in Valdosta, Georgia. So what the hell does the Florida Department of Transportation have to do with an investigation that they're doing at a Georgia Police Department? So the fact that a call from someone at FDoc would lead to shutting down the investigation in Georgia, you know, I I don't know if there's anything sinister there or not, but uh, it sure doesn't smell right. The time to know what really happened may have passed us by.
0: And uh, I I am not a forensic specialist in criminology or anything else, and I would not hazard a guess.
3: Six weeks after Lemmy died, Tom Feeney went golfing at St. Andrews in Scotland. He was the special guest of super lobbyist Jack Abramoff
2: after Lemmy turned up dead and things were not moving along very well I went ahead and wrote a book and put it out there I hadn't even published the book and I get this email that it says something about like they know about the book you know don't be alone are you worried about um, somebody taking your life? if it's wrong you have to do the right thing no matter what it costs aren't you just doing this to
3: sell books? making this out these outrageous claims no longer outrageous
2: most of it's already been proven now. well nonetheless fact, though i think you found most of the proof this
6: little light of mine but don't, but don't don't. i'm going to let it shine this little light of mine but don't, but don't don't. i'm going to let it shine this little light of mine
4: to fail it's not an option democracy is not something we can play with it's not a partisan game there is nothing in our country in our history more sacred than freedom and democracy we're told in this country that vigilance is the price
8: of freedom walk together children don't get worried and don't get
0: weary.
3: When this story broke publicly, did uh, anybody to the media break down your door to try to figure out what the hell was going on here?
0: In, in reference to the voting, you're the only person who may have contacted me.
3: CNN never called? No. AP? No. 60 minutes? No.
6: Major mainstream media has not touched this affidavit story, which is at the heart of what we're looking
2: at here. I assume they're afraid. I mean, they, they did it in Dan Rather. That's pretty impressive. So, you know, how safe do you feel compared to Dan Rather?
3: This thing matters, and I don't care which side of the political spectrum you're on. I say frequently when I speak, this is not about left and right. This is about right and wrong. We have become numb to unethical
0: behavior. our our lives are very difficult. We're clinging on to our middle class by our fingernails. We who? The American people. When you have that five minutes that you can be home and close the door and have some peace, it's very, very difficult to say, look what they're doing to my vote. It's much easier to say, we have watchdogs in place that will be taking care of this for me. And I think what we don't realize is those watchdogs are not in place.
3: You're at the center of a a very explosive story where people have died, don't know if it was murder, don't Mm -hmm. know if it was suicide. Dogs have died, don't know if it was murder. Probably wasn't suicide. Probably wasn't suicide. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny.
1: I've never had this feeling before that there's no place to turn. Normally, you had the media. You'd go to the press. The press would uh, become furious, at least parts of it, enough of it. Or you'd go to your congressman. But nobody seems to care.
2: We put this affidavit out in December of right. 2004. You've seen it on ABC yet? I
3: have not seen it on ABC.
8: If you think that we're, we're going to get any... Used from the corporate media I think that you're sadly mistaken so I'm saying go around it there is so much that we can do if we begin to act like we the people actually have power exercising it and guess what you act like you have power and the next thing you know I'll be damned you've got it what do we say to our ancestors who gave their lives for this right to vote we're sorry Remember the words of Benjamin Franklin when he left the Constitutional Convention at Independence Hall, and he was asked, what sort of government have you given us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. We have not kept it. We have not kept the flame, and we need to take this country back. Well, I don't know how much one vote counts, but uh, collectively, I guess if we all lose faith, then, you know, might as well go uh, to the... uh, Iraq during the Saddam era, you know, have unanimous elections, or have North Korean democracy where it's, like, basically unanimous and you get killed if you don't vote for whoever, whoever they want you to vote for. I mean, if our votes don't count, oh, why bother voting?
5: I think everybody should vote. I mean, if you don't... Uh... Speak your piece, then nothing's going to get done.
7: Well, it's a democracy and everything needs to be counted correctly, and, and that's why we, one of the reasons why we live here.
4: We're supposedly a country that is based upon democracy, and that's why we go out and try to export it and bomb it into other people, this notion of democracy. But it's important to us, because we do claim and assert ourselves to be a democratic country, that it actually exemplifies democracy.
0: I think the proof is kind of in the pudding. Um, When I see things start to change for for the betterment of the people, um,
3: rather than policies that seem to to benefit corporations and the wealthy, when I actually start to see things and government enact policies that actually help everyday
0: people, uh, then I'll believe that voting is working.
3: In his continuing effort to demand accountability and to publicize his story, Clint Curtis ran for Congress against Tom Feeney in 2006. Feeney refused to debate Curtis and outspent him by a factor of 26 to 1. Theirs was one of four congressional races in Florida that were contested in 2006, prompting Florida's new Republican governor and the Republican legislature to mandate that they would vote on paper ballots in the 2008 election, where Curtis will run again against Tom Feeney. Mavis George Georgalis spent years in the courts fighting both the Yangs and FDOT. Ultimately, she was reinstated with full back pay and awarded a large settlement from the Florida Department of Transportation. In August 2007, Diebold changed its name to Premier Election Solutions, Inc. I think what Clint Curtis is is really an object lesson in what can go wrong and how easily it can go wrong. In fact, we don't know if his software and his code was ever used in uh, any voting software, Uh, but the fact that we're not able to look at the software that is used to count our votes, this secret software that is used to count count votes in America, the world's greatest democracy, is frankly a scandal, and we all should be very concerned about that. Take this information, do something with it, go to Brad blog. learn what's going on. Most importantly, this democracy is not going to save itself. We need all of you to get out there and take action. I'm Brad Friedman. Thanks for
4: listening.